welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama, and we have the opportunity to get to talk to Jed Medifin, who is the president of the Christian Alliance for Orphans. And Jed is a a dear friend, but also just a great advocate in the trenches on behalf of the fatherless and so grateful to have him on the Defender Podcast. But before we talk to Jed, we want to remind you that it's no secret that Lifeline believes that God has called his church to care for vulnerable children around the world. Therefore, we want to equip the church to respond to this call. So Orphan Sunday is a day set aside once a year for the global church to educate their members on the orphan crisis and invite them to get involved. This year, Orphan Sunday is November 10th, 2019, and Lifeline wants to come alongside your local church and provide free resources like a prayer guide, age-graded small group lessons, social media graphics, and a bulletin insert. So join us to defend the fatherless on Orphan Sunday. You can find your free resources at lifelinechild.org backslash Orphan Sunday. And even as we talk about Orphan Sunday, what a great segue uh, to talk about the work of Christian Alliance for Orphans, because Christian Alliance for Orphans was really the birthplace of this Orphan Sunday movement. Uh, And to see this Orphan Sunday movement grow and to be catalyzed and and even at the summit that Christian Alliance for Orphans puts on that was, in la- that was last May in Louisville, Kentucky, a big portion of that summit was put together to uh, just to celebrate the, how this movement is not just a movement in the United States, but a global movement around the world and how we see folks doing that. Jed, thanks for joining us on the Defender Podcast. If you will, tell us about yourself, your family, and even this work of CAFO that includes Orphan Sunday and other initiatives. Yeah, well, uh, it's great to be with you, Herbie, whether in person or on the air here. And uh, as you know, uh, Rachel and I have five kids, so it is never boring in our house. Just uh, <laughs> just a lot of joy, including the, the youngest one, Phoebe, who, who's our firecracker. Um, and... Uh, so on Orphan Sunday, um, as you were talking about, you know, it is, it is just a beautiful story because although the Christian Alliance for Orphans has been, as we see it, kind of the steward of Orphan Sunday over the past decade, um, the idea actually began in a small church in Zambia, just a humble pastor there who saw in scripture, even though, you know, the, his church was very poor, it's a cement floor and tin roof, uh, he knew that even for that church, God's call to care for the orphan and the fatherless was uh, something they needed to respond to. And so he he actually held the first Orphan Sunday there in his own little church, and people were moved deeply. And uh, even um, a man brought forward his own shoes saying, these are for the orphans. And a woman that had been shopping for her family brought that food forward. And, and, uh, and so there was an American who observed this happening. He said, hey, the church in America needs more of this same heart, this generosity, this openness, and this deep sense of God's profound love for the most vulnerable, including the the orphan and the widow. And so he kind of brought that idea back with him to the U.S. And then the United States uh, really began to embrace it as as the Christian Alliance for Orphans uh, took that on, began to spread it. And just this last year, it was celebrated in more than 90 countries. And so, so you're right, it truly is something that all over the world, on a single day, Christians are, first of all, reminded who our God really is, a God who is especially tender and caring for the most vulnerable, for the orphan and the widow in distress. And then we talk about how ordinary people can be a part of that, uh, sometimes difficult, but always deeply rewarding work with him. 
Yeah, and I just uh, I love the the way that Christian Alliance for Orphans is championing the global church in this partnership and so much of Summit, and, and I know we're gonna talk a lot more about the initiatives in a minute of Christian Alliance for Orphans, but so much of Summit has become that equipping of the international body of Christ where there are so many international participants that are coming. Uh, and and it's, it's, it's humbling to see the way that the global church has really gotten engaged. And, and that's, that's, the, that's the birthplace of, of really where this movement started is it's not just about the American church doing something, but it's about the whole church uh, alliance, uh, coming together in an alliance to care and defend the fatherless. Mm, I, I so feel the same, Herbie. You know, at, at Summit this last year, there were people coming from more than 40 countries, and uh, there's just such joy in being with God's people from all over the world, brothers and sisters who may speak different languages, have different cultural habits and those things, but share this deep deep love for Jesus Christ and to make that love real in their own lives by serving orphaned and vulnerable children and families. So I I couldn't agree with you more. And I would, you know, just really say at, at a place like Summit, you experience the reality that every branch of God's church has unique needs and unique gifts to give. You know, here in the United States, we have unique gifts to give. We also have profound needs where we need to be challenged and encouraged by our brothers and sisters from around the world. And the same can be said for the church in Africa and Asia and Latin America. We all have needs to fill. We all have gifts to give. And so it's such a a blessing to be together with God's people from from all over the earth. Well, Jed, one of the things uh, that I love about you, our partnership and our friendship is one, I mean, you're just a kindred spirit uh, love your passion for the word, for the gospel, for Christ Jesus. Uh, you know, even as we've spent more time and our families have spent time, uh, we've noticed trends in the way we parent that are different. Um, you are an inspirational leader in so many different ways, a catalytic voice in this movement. But one of the things that I love is the depth that, you know, a lot of times inspirational leaders use just that, inspiration. And sometimes they lack depth. But one of the things I love about you, brother, is just the depth of your character, the depth of who you are, that you and Rachel live out what you preach at home. But also, one of the things you've led Christian Alliance for Orphans in is to not just use numbers and throw numbers around or try to use numbers just to influence people, but you've actually gone back and looked at the statistics and looked at the data and made sure that we're looking at at this crisis quantitatively, not just qualitatively. So... As you've just kind of looked at statistics, what are some important statistics for people to take note of and understand from a global perspective on the orphan crisis? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I so agree with you, Herbie, that just the need to, as Christians, although certainly numbers and statistics are not the most important thing, they're not the final word, that if we are serious about uh, addressing the deep needs of our world, we need to understand it accurately. We need to speak accurately about it. When we advocate Uh, on certain issues, we need to speak with a well-informed voice because I think, first of all, doing otherwise dishonors the Lord, but but second of all, it misguides others in their uh, sense of what the need is and how effectively to respond. So I I do think even these things that seem a little bit like inside baseball are pretty important for uh, those of us who are advocating for for children to understand. Um, When it comes to the statistics on global orphans, uh, the, the numbers have, have shifted somewhat over the recent years, but, but more or less, the, number, the estimated number of orphans globally is around 
around 140 to 150 million children in the world uh, are classified by UNICEF as orphans. But what's often misunderstood is people think, oh, that means 140, 150 million children have lost both their parents and today need new families. And that's not the case. Only about 10% of those children have lost both parents. The majority have lost one of their parents, usually a mother. And, and they, that doesn't mean that they're not in profound need. Often they are. The, the child who has lost their father um, has, it, it faces a special vulnerability in this world. And so the scripture often speaks of caring for, defending, protecting the fatherless. So Christians very much are called into that space too, but uh, we, we need to understand that the primary need in those cases isn't to find a new family, but to care for uh, the widow and orphan family that remains. Um, now then, we can talk about you know, somewhere around 10% of those children, uh, as well as a number of other kids who, who've, whose parents have abandoned them or for reasons of neglect or abuse or other reasons, uh, do not have parents. Uh, these, these kids, somewhere uh, in, the, in the neighborhood of 15 to 20 million, are growing up without both parents. And some of them have aunts and uncles and, and grandparents and others who can care for them as a family, and those families uh, often need our support. But in a minority of cases, they, they do need new families. And that's, of course, where the church can step in uh, through adoption, whether locally, within a country, or internationally, or, or in other ways, uh, working to find a safe, permanent, loving home for those kids. And, and obviously, one of the things that you we've seen in the growth of Christian Alliance for Orphans under your leadership is you know, Christian Alliance for Orphans, when it, when it started, was, was really looking outward more globally. Uh, but... I think the church has matured to say, hey, we have our own issues here at home as well. Like the pervasiveness of fatherlessness in our own country, the brokenness of families. You know, even, uh, you know, our family had the great pleasure of getting to host Jed for the Southern Baptist Convention, which was in Birmingham, and have him at our home, and our kids are still talking and asking when Jed's going to get to come back to Birmingham. And so we're hoping he can come back. But, but we talked about even as we ate meals together as a family, how this is a lost art in families of, of having a meal together, of kids being disconnected from the world and devices for a moment just to have an intimate time with their families. And, and this has taken its toll on our country, and we're seeing statistics grow on foster care. Kind of statistically first, help us see what, what are we dealing with in the United States when it comes to fatherlessness and foster care? Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the foster system, somewhere around 440,000 children are in the foster system on any given day. That's the most recent statistic that, that, that lags about a year and a half. So most likely the number is higher right now. We've, we've been actually seeing it grow over the past several years. Um, interestingly, the, the number of kids in the foster system declined from the year uh, 2000 until 2012. And then uh, that, that trend line began to shift upward. And, and we've seen it rise over the past five years. Uh, there's a number of factors for that. Um, one of them being uh, the opioid crisis. Um, what, what we see in families when uh, opioid addiction um, is, is faced in a nuclear family, it's actually when the child is removed from that nuclear family, there's often uh, the same issues with opioid abuse seen in the extended family. And so often kinship care becomes even more difficult or impossible. And so a lot of those kids are then ending up in the foster system, uh, again, which is one of the reasons we've seen the uptick in the, in the number of kids in the system uh, over the past five years. Yeah. And one of the things too, again, the depth of the movement is Christian Alliance for Orphans is not just about, let's look at the statistics, 
but taking the next step of what can be done. And so you even wrote a short book called Becoming Home, which gave just great steps on here's some ways that you can get involved. And, and then CAFO just has all of these initiatives to get the global church involved. Walk us through the response from Christian Alliance for Orphans and just kind of these 10 initiatives that Christian Alliance for Orphans is championing. We started with Orphan Sunday, kind of hit the other initiatives that CAFO is deeply invested in. Definitely. And, you know, what, we're just touching real briefly on a point you made a moment ago uh, that, you know, early on, much of the energy in the Christian Alliance for Orphans was looking internationally um, through, you know, intercountry adoption, but also through investing in, in caring for orphans in other parts of the world. And that still is a very much a, a core part of this community. There's uh, actually, the large majority of our member organizations are doing great work around the world. Um, inter-country adoption, although it's been greatly constricted, is still one way for children to find loving families. And this is important part of the Christian Alliance for Orphans community. But as you noted, the local engagement in foster care really has grown significantly, even over the, the past several years. And it's really exciting to see that growth. And, and I, I would just add, Herbie, that you know I don't think we in any way need to see the international or the local kind of domestic engagement as mutually exclusive or even as competitive. It's not a zero-sum game where there's this little pie and you either give the bigger piece to the international or bigger piece to the local. What I, what I actually see is that these two things are mutually reinforcing, that when someone becomes passionate, you know, about orphans in another country, very often, uh, in short order, they become uh, passionate about kids locally. They, you know, they say, hey, I'm going to continue to support work in Ethiopia or Guatemala or, or Korea, but at the same time, I'm also going to be mentoring a kid across town, or I'm going to become a foster parent. I'm going to support the adoptive and foster families in my church. And so, uh, what, what I have seen is as this movement of Christians engaging for orphaned and vulnerable children has grown, it has also uh, deepened and become more rich and vibrant and complex in uh, engaging both globally and locally at the same time. And I, and I think that's just as, as it should be. Amen. And, and, and I agree, you know, uh, those, two, those two movements don't need to, to be a competitor. They need to go together because really what we learn is the things that we are learning to do in our own country with our own foster youth and uh, with with the things that are going on, we learn how to do things so much better internationally as well because we learn best practice. And and two, it shows consistency when we're going internationally and trying to engage a church to care for the most vulnerable. If we're ignoring the most vulnerable that are outside of our doorstep, we're being a bit hypocritical to tell the global church that you don't need to ignore the vulnerable outside of your doorstep. That's well said. Yeah. So, so getting back to the work of the Christian Alliance for Orphans. Um, so, you know, a little bit of history. It was actually born first in 2004 when, when a number of Christian leaders came together and said, hey, we all sense that God cares deeply and personally for orphans. And many of us are working on these issues but often we're working in isolation or even in competition with each other. And so kind of the phrase that was used was, can we leave our logos and egos at the door mm -hmm. and join in a vision that's bigger than any of us could achieve alone? And so that's really what has happened. Uh, you know, it's, of course, it, it's ne nothing's ever perfect. There's frictions and challenges and different opinions on things. But, but by and large, this realm of Christian commitment 
to orphans and vulnerable children has seen a rare unity of, of different organizations, leaders, churches coming together with a shared vision. And even when they have their own uh, great work independently, they're joining in shared initiatives to really equip the whole, to make us all better at doing this, to inspire and encourage and equip the church to live out God's call to care for the fatherless. So that, that has been the vision all along. Um, it's, it's just continued to deepen and mature. And uh, so at this point, there's, there's a wide range of initiatives that are coordinated centrally by the, the Christian Alliance for Orphans, really drawing upon all the strengths and unique uh, assets of this broad community. There's a 195 plus member organizations. There's uh, 700 plus churches as well as many individuals who've said, I want to be a part of this together. I'm going to pledge myself and what we are and bring that together, the gifts I have uh, to be coordinated centrally for, for a much bigger impact. And so those, those initiatives range from, uh, as you mentioned, Orphan Sunday, of course, is, is one uh, great example, just a catalyst for awareness and engagement within the church. Um, the annual summit gathering each year in May brings this community together where we, where we all can learn from one another, uh, kind of exchange gifts, uh, if you will, uh, the unique knowledge and assets and all the different things we have uh, in, in one place each year at the summit. Um, but there are many others as well. Uh, there's uh, now a student initiative that's really focused on helping prepare students for a lifetime of effective service. Mm -hmm. um, and that includes actually uh, what's called the OVC Essentials course for interns as well as new employees of organizations uh, to help them build a foundational knowledge of effective service to orphans and vulnerable children. Um, there's also the National Church Ministry Initiative that's working with any church that's saying, hey, we want to build a foster or adoption or global orphan ministry here in our church. And so essentially, uh, the Christian Alliance for Orphans is, is able to serve as a consultant to that church at no charge, just helping them to map out and plan an effective, sustainable ministry in the church. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's, there's many other expressions as well that include working with global churches to help uh, churches in developing countries establish local orphan ministries there. Um, there's the Applied Research and Best Practice Initiative that, that is designed to help uh, organizations that are serving children on the front lines to, to draw upon the best available research and knowledge that's out there in their work so that they can really be as effective as possible. So that's just a, a handful of them, but, but all of these, these, these initiatives really are, are drawing upon the strengths of a wide range of Christian ministries, each with their own gifts, and then marshalling those gifts together to effectively serve God's people. Amen. And one of the things that, like we've talked about, is the depth. And I think you've just talked through that of research and but it, engagement. And, and those things go so hand in hand to not just engage people, but to give them the hardcore details and to give them the heartbeat behind it, but also to give them the tools and the resources. And so, you know, one of the, the plugs that I would just continue to give is if someone who is listening to this podcast has never been to Christian Alliance for Orphans Summit, that's kind of the front door to Christian Alliance for Orphans. You know, a lot of folks get enamored by the front door. There's so much out to get on the other side, inside the house. The house is full, but the front door is Summit. So, Jed, talk about the next summit. It's going to be in Dallas, and how can people go ahead and start registering to be a part and get in the front door of the Christian Alliance for Orphans? 
Mm, thanks, Herbert. Yeah, we are. We would, of course, love anyone to join, whether they're, you know, a veteran and have been serving in the field for, for decades or are just for the first time considering becoming a foster parent or, or wanting to, to, to more effectively support the, the foster and adoptive families in their church or engage globally as well. So, uh, it, as you mentioned, each year it's in May. Um, we'll be in Dallas next year. And, uh, and uh, if you go to the website, kfo.org um, under summit uh, you can pre-register now um, so it's uh, it, it really is just an unforgettable time even though of course the, the the staff and I and then tons of volunteers are all pouring in that that whole uh, time it just we come away feeling so filled up by the gifts of God's people from around the world uh, worshiping together times of mourning together because everyone in this is going through hard things as well but then ultimately uh, just nourishing and feeding each other so it's a it's a sweet time and then you know one of the things and we've talked global and local and I know that and you and I have even talked about this before there's so much energy behind the word orphan these days, especially when it comes to the foster care movement, uh, because people want to say, well, they have living parents. But you did a great job even at the beginning talking about the statistics that as we look at global orphan numbers, this is not just talking about kids that have lost both parents, but kids that are, no longer have the support of their family. And really, even if we look at the biblical word orphan, it was always meant to be fatherless children or children that lacked support. So it didn't mean that they had lost both parents to illness or to death. It meant that they had lacked the support. And so, but one of the things that being sensitive, uh, you know, Christian Alliance for Orphans has started Stand Sunday that really wants to wrap around and get the church more engaged in foster care, continuing to give additional resources that are focused on foster care. Share about just the idea of Stand Sunday, how it got started, and how you hope the church will respond, not just to Orphan Sunday, but also to take a stand for foster care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, as, as you were pointing out, here in the United States especially, uh, there's a sensitivity to, to the word orphan, and I think that's very uh, warranted, particularly, you know, among social workers and others, they feel like uh, Kids in the foster system, very, very few, if any of them, are, are truly orphaned in the sense of having lost both parents. And, uh, and so that term is both inaccurate and perhaps uh, unhelpful, stigmatized. And, and so um, I think in many contexts, although we are advocating for uh, this broad category of children that the, the, the scripture refers to as the orphan and widow in distress or the fatherless, um, it, it, it's uh, wise and gracious and, and, and important to use uh, the most accurate terms and to refer to foster youth or perhaps children outside of parental care and those, those, those sorts of things. At the same time, I do think it's important for those in the, in the social work realm to understand that, that for Christians and Christian faith communities, um, the term orphan does carry important weight. It's some, you know, a Christian will understand scripture is clear. This is something God needs to care about and God wants us to care about. And, and so, um, you know, connecting the clear biblical mandate with that child who's just across town um, is important. And, and so there's, you know, I think, I think there's, a, there's an important uh, discussion to be had there, as you pointed out, Herbie. But, but as, as you noted, um, in order to, to address this issue, we have kind of created a parallel to Orphan Sunday called Stand Sunday. It's the same day, the same voice, but um, for, for those in the United States focused on foster care, they can use that, that branding, that title of Stand Sunday rather than Orphan San Sunday to really focus on kids and families in foster care. And, uh, and I'll, I'll say, Herbie, I, I just feel extremely excited, a very optimistic 
as I see churches all over the United States stepping up and saying, we want to be God's answer for the kids and families in foster care here. Um, and it's, you know, Herbie, it's, it's one of those areas of need that, it, that are, is not impossible to meet that need. You know, sometimes when you talk about global, you know, global hunger or war things, it's, these are things very likely there'll be some of that with us to the end of time. But when we look at the U.S. foster system, even if you kind of do some of the very crude math and say, hey, there's about, you know, 400,000 kids in the foster system and about 300,000 U.S. churches, if, if every church were willing to receive just one child each year, uh, ultimately there would be more than enough loving homes, given that there's already, you know, uh, many very good homes in the foster system. And, and so while, while we would certainly say we're not going to get rid of the foster system, there are always going to be kids that are in need of protection and care. Um, that at this, we can say someday, and uh, I hope that this would be in the foreseeable future, in the next uh, handful of years, we can get to the place where there are indeed more than enough loving families for every child in foster care to have an ideal placement. And that, that would include foster families, adoptive families, and restored biological families. And, uh, and then seeing the church support all three of those. It's, it's, it's a doable vision. And uh, I am excited to be working together with, with organizations, churches all over the country that are increasingly committed to that vision. Yeah, and, and more than enough is such a great vision. And I've loved to, to be at the table and several times in the state of Kentucky, in Washington, D.C., at the White House with you, Jed, as well as other staff members of CAFO to talk about more than enough. Uh, and to engage local governments, even to say, hey, the church wants a place at the table to try to get reunification numbers up, to try to help bring permanency through adoption, but also to increase the roles of foster care. And, and if, if, if every church would consider how they can play a role, every church may not have a foster family, but they may be able to play a role in reunification or a role in permanency through adoption or in helping bring foster care. Our churches, in the United States of America could play an important role in, in, in giving every child a safe place to call home at night in the United States. And, and once we do that, what a great testimony globally to say, hey, we're not ignoring the kids at our doorstep. We're not, we're not ignoring the kids in our community. And so really, again, these initiatives go hand in hand, at, right, you know, fist in glove, glove in hand in glove. They, they go together. And it's such a beautiful thing to see the way that the church is responding both here locally, but also around the world. But we still need churches to respond. And so one of the things we continue to talk about is Stand Sunday and Orphan Sunday. I also would be remiss if I didn't tell you that CAFO has great resources as well. You can go to CAFO, C-A-F-O dot org backslash Orphan Sunday, and you can also get a host of resources, both on the stand resources as well as the Orphan Sunday resources to equip your churches. So make sure if you are a member of a church that you're engaging your church to get engaged with Orphan Sunday or Stand Sunday. Well, you know, one of the things that, that again, our families are so closely aligned, you've been able to travel with your family. Uh, Y'all spent time in Nicaragua and Guatemala. Uh, I've been able to spend some time in Colombia and China with my family. Uh, one of Jed's first books was a book called Four Souls that he doesn't talk about a whole lot. But he and four friends, after graduating, went and, and spent time traveling around the world, seeing other cultures. Uh, four gospel brothers banded together and, and looking for ways to show the gospel. Uh, so your your experience is deep in your 
hands-on experiences deep. You've worked in the White House with government. You've uh, you've you've worked overseas and in Russia and and uh, in Latin America. But brother, just as we kind of close, what is just the the advice that you would give to adopted families and to orphan advocates that you've learned in all your experience and maybe it's not just one thing but what's some handful of advice that you would give to either adoptive families or foster families or church leaders that that you have learned through all the many things that in your young life the lord has allowed you to accomplish Mm. well you know i would uh of course, you and I have been talking. You can you can see in my eyes, Herbie, the the excitement and joy about these things. And I I really do believe that there is um, no richer purpose and and greater joy than to join God mm-hmm. in His work in this world. And 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 I feel that in a particular way about caring for for children that the world has forgotten, children that have been wounded and hurt and abandoned and neglected, and for the church to step into that space and to be a small part of the restoration that God wants to work in their lives. There, there is just no greater joy than that. Um, but I think just as much as we need to, to talk about that, celebrate it, share it, we also need to, to be very open and transparent about the costliness of this journey too, that, that whenever we follow Jesus near to the world's hurt, we are going to share in that hurt. Um, we're going to know what Paul talked about when he talked about the fellowship of sharing in Christ's sufferings. And, uh, and, and everyone who, who has been in this realm for even a little while knows that and has tasted it firsthand in foster care, uh, in, in adoption, in serving around the world and working with, with broken families, trying to work for uni- reunification. You, you taste some of the pain and brokenness that they have experienced. And, and so um, that realization, uh, it, it, it's, it, it gives us some important things to begin with. It, first, it gives us humility, knowing that we're not going to go in and fix everything. Uh, it reminds us that our ultimate motivation uh, needs to be not duty or guilt or idealism, um, because those things, as important as they, they, may, they may be at times, ultimately those things will not carry us the distance in this. Mm. We must be drawing from a deeper source, and, and that is solely the gospel. Mm. We, we love because he first loved us. And so, in times when things are wonderful and going well, or times that they just, it feels like we've not hardly made a dent at all, we can still say, I am going to continue loving because God continues to love me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it thrusts us back upon that, that deepest uh, motivation. And, and it reminds us not to take this journey alone. We need one another. Uh, so it, it, it calls us into fellowship as we walk this journey with close friends and hopefully as a church body together. And then, and then finally, and this is something that's just been on my mind and heart a lot, you know, over the recent years, Herbie, is it's so important from the beginning, as, as we wade out and we're seeking to follow Jesus to the world's hurting places, to set into our lives certain habits and rhythms uh, that God can use to feed us and sustain and restore us. You know, because the, really the essence of ministry is a pouring out. You know, life and power and energy is going out from us into others. 
And so if we are not then turning and being refilled by our heavenly father, then eventually we will run dry. And, and I think, you know, all of us know what that looks like when, when that happens to a person. We've all probably tasted it at times. I, I certainly have. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's a crash and burn, um, you know, a breakdown of some sort. But, but often it's just that slow loss of joy and the loss of the light in our eyes. And, and so really we need to set in place those habits and rhythms that God uses to sustain us, including, um, I would say, you know, a time of a weekly Sabbath where in, in some way or another we, we step back from the work and knowing that God will continue working when we are not at work, um, having time daily with our Heavenly Father, ideally in the morning, just to be in His presence and draw life from Him. And, and of course, there are other habits and rhythms that God's people throughout history have made an important part of their lives that we can make a part of ours. But, but those are certainly some of the things that I would say we, we can and must draw from this truth that, that as we wade into this realm, we will experience the world at its most beautiful and its most broken. Amen, brother, to that. And do just uh, as we close to want to ask one more question of you because, you know, as we see these things and the experiences both you and I have gotten to be a part of and, and sometimes, uh, and your stages are bigger, but we both get to be on stages to be able to champion the church. And unfortunately, we have a celebrity culture that whoever's in front championing we think has the most importance or the most ability. Uh, but we also know that that, that real ministry happens in homes with adopted families. Real ministry happens in homes with foster families. So speak real quick encouragement to those adopted and foster families who maybe only have the capacity to help one child or, or maybe only have the capacity to, to help in one small area. Help give them encouragement to see that they are a huge answer to God's blessing to what he's doing around the world. Mm, yes. And I feel that keenly, Herbie. I, you know, of course, we, we began speaking about statistics, but the real danger of statistics is that your eyes and heart start to gloss over thinking about these huge numbers, right? Our minds can't even get around them. And, and, and at the Christian Alliance for Orphans, we often say there is a single statistic that matters more than any other. And that is that it just takes one caring adult or one caring family to change the life of a child forever. And it's, it's really true. I've seen that over and over again, you know, that, that this, uh, a loving couple, a, a loving mentor, uh, foster parents, adoptive parents, um, consistently loving a child or, or perhaps loving a, a biological mother or another individual, just steadily uh, being part of the restoration God wants to do in that individual's life. And, and there is no greater joy in that. And I, you know, I really believe uh, if, if you look at nature, you see that the landscape, the, the geography of mountains and hills and vil- valleys and, and the Grand Canyon, that, that uh, our world is carved not by thunder, but by water. Mm. You know, thunder can boom and rattle, but it really does not shape the landscape. Mm. But it's droplets of water, sometimes tiny rivulets that become streams, that become rivers, that ultimately carve the landscape of, of the earth. And I think the same is true in our lives as well. It's small choices that we make and small acts of love uh, from the people around us that slowly form us into the people we will become. And, uh, and so I just would say to, to all of those who feel like they are little droplets of water um, on the landscape of their children's lives, um, or, or perhaps, you know, small in the, the scope of all the needs and things in this world, that, that they just as surely as, as that, that, that river 
uh, of the Grand Canyon. They are carving deep into their children's lives in, in ways that will, will truly last for eternity. Amen. Well, brother, I'm so grateful for you and for your ministry, and thank you for joining us on the Defender Podcast. And again, just want to encourage folks to get engaged with Orphan Sunday and to visit kfo.org to learn more about the initiatives that Jed talked about briefly, the 10 initiatives, to get engaged with the summit that, as he said, will happen in May in Dallas, Texas, as well as to get engaged with their Orphan Sunday materials at kfo.org backslash Orphan Sunday. And as a reminder, Lifeline also has other uh, age-graded small group lessons and a prayer guide and social media graphics and bulletin inserts that you can get engaged with to defend the fatherless on Orphan Sunday. And you can find these free resources at lifelinechild.org backslash Orphan Sunday. Well, brother, I'm grateful for you. I love you, brother, and just grateful to be in this field serving and co-laboring with you. Mm, I feel the same, Herbie, and just so grateful for how how Lifeline is leading, not not only with passion, certainly there's much passion there, um, but just as much with with a thoughtfulness, insightfulness, and deep, deep roots in the gospel. So thank, thank the Lord for your work, brother. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.